Hey folks, this is Dr. Rob, and welcome to Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction, a podcast brought to you by Seeking Integrity Treatment Programs and hosted by me and my sidekick, Tammy. Say hi, Tammy. Hi, Dr. Rob. Thank you. Our show provides useful answers to your most asked questions about cheating, betrayal, and addiction. Let's get started. Hello, Dr. Rob. I'm a straight porn addict and chemsex addict, sober from chemsex three years. Yay. And still working on my recovery. Yay. With 12-step groups and support groups. I have been diagnosed with fertility issues, low sperm count, even though my hormones are normal. Have you seen addicts with porn and sex addiction suffering from fertility issues, low testosterone issues, either due to addiction or poor lifestyle because of addiction? I have a urologist appointment scheduled for diagnosis, and it sucks to my spouse or sex that my spouse is frustrated because of this issue and we both want to have a family well i i can understand the question because lord knows when you do all kinds of things sexually you think well you know what's going on down there but i have what i've heard people struggle with is things like not getting erections not being able to be aroused um struggle to be sexual with my partner even though i can have sex with a million people out there but i don't think i've ever heard that um, and I've actually heard that the testosterone production um, can wane in some people, you know, and you need to have that checked out. But even, but testosterone production has nothing to do with your fertility. Testosterone production has to do with your arousal. Will you get aroused with your being assertive, with your sleep patterns? You know, hormones do a whole bunch of things, but they don't create more sperm. <laughs> and so, you know, you might have a motility issue, which means your sperm don't swim very well. You might have a count issue, which means you don't have an, enough uh, sperm. You might have weak sperm that just can't break through that egg and wall. So I, I think that it, I would not take responsibility for this as, you know, you can take responsibility for lots of ways you've harmed and broken, but this feels like a body thing. And I think you should see an, a urologist or whoever. But I don't think this is about having lots of sex. This is something, you know, you have unhappy sperm. But listen, there are lots of procedures that can be done, you know, if you're comfortable with that in vitro. And they can insert your sperm into the egg and they can make it happen, whether you whether that's women in there or not. So I would not be so worried about whether my past behavior has caused this. I'd be more interested in, you know, what are the ways that we can work with this to have a child if that's what we want to have. But I have never heard, maybe Tammy has, that sperm production sperm production has been affected by sex addiction or a compulsive masturbation, any of it. Getting aroused, getting erections, you know, when we become normed to intensity, yes. But the actual sperm, the physical part of that, I haven't, I don't think that's connected. Can no, and too many people without addiction struggle with that. So, so to me, I think this is just, right. it's, a, it's, genetic. You know, it's, it's a fertility issue is a fertility issue. So, you know, so, and unfortunately, you, but unfortunately, you've had an addiction. And you know what? I'm, I'm grateful for my addiction. Like it taught me how to live right. But I am thrilled that you're in recovery. You want to have a family. You can be an amazing parent because you're in recovery. So do the fertility testing, get, talk to your urologist, take the guilt of addiction off the table, just go, I'm going to do the fertility stuff. So. But, and I, 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 I hope you write back in a certain amount of time and go, guess what? We're expecting to be back. Or send us pictures. We love kids. Yes. Sometimes when people go through treatment and they've saved a relationship with the younger couples, Tammy and I will get a note like a year and a half later. Thank you. Thank you for treatment. We've worked this out. And here's our child we talked about having. A lot of the spouses I work with saying, I don't feel safe enough with you to have a child. Very sad. You know, I would love you. I'd love to have a child. It was always my goal. But 
I don't know what you're going to do or who you're going to do it with. And I don't want to have a child in those circumstances. So part of what makes me joyful in doing treatment is when people turn around and there's the trust to raise a family, which is a beautiful thing. Um, I do want to say one more thing about this is I don't know, and maybe Dr. Fawcett knows the effect of meth or whatever drug you were doing. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know the effect of that on sperm motility and sperm. You know, the sex addiction I know does not relate to testosterone issues, but I don't know what kind of drugs you were doing or how often you did them or how those have affected your body. And all I can say to you about that is, please, please, please tell your doctor, this is what I was using. This is how much I was using. This is when I stopped, because it may, may well be that there's some connection there. I just, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical doctor, so I I, I don't know. But I'm glad I caught that because it is chem sex yes. and the chem part yeah. could affect you. And I don't know in what way, um, but it, hopefully a physician it, will. It, yeah. And your physician needs to have all the information so that they can give you the best help and care possible so like holding withholding information doesn't really help so anyway okay go ahead next um, one okay well, i just want to say oh, about what ahead. you just said which is please um your doctor i know we're ashamed of things we're embarrassed about things we feel bad about things we don't want to tell anyone things tell your doctor everything they don't care they watch bodies get taken apart. <laughs> they look at parts in certain ways that i don't even want to know they're there but they these people even if they're not the warmest and fuzziest, they have heard, you know, you can tell me anything about sex. I've heard it all. There's not much that would surprise me. Physicians are there to hear everything. And if you are shamed and hiding, by the way, there is one other thing I didn't think of. If you had STDs that may have affected you, you know, um, sperm yeah. can be affected by, you know, I, and I don't know which, I think syphilis can, I think HPV can. So it may also be that you have to say, you know, I had sex with a thousand people and, you know, I may have had an STD along the way or whatever it is. But whatever it is that you're ashamed about, tell your doctor because you're not going to get where you want to unless you do. So a little plug for that. Yeah, very valid point. So, okay, my husband is supposed to be getting ready for therapeutic disclosure. It must be disclosure night, but it has been recommended to be in recovery at least 90 days, no porn, masturbation, sex, et cetera, before doing a polygraph. He just told me he slipped with porn, says it, it's because he wants me so bad he but can't have me <laughs> and doesn't know if he can stay sober that long. Can you see the drama? If he can't even be sober 90 days, what's the purpose to stay and try to do a therapeutic disclosure with a polygraph? Oh, Tammy, you're so mean. I know I'm mean, but oh my God. Yeah. So, so this feels like a, I'm going to consistently, um, I slip cause I don't want to do disclosure. It feels like, um, I'm, I, I'm going to lay all this, uh, sweet vomit on you like oh I just love you so much um I can't live without you I can't you know so so to me there's so much where did, oh you put it in the answer okay I'm following but yeah it's one of those where um uh, yeah manipulation a hundred percent and if you've been on any of these before you've heard I, I've done a lot of research on polygraph so you guys all get to choose I am so not a fan. Um, uh, there, there's so much that can go wrong, but you all get to choose. The people that do polygraphs are going to tell you that they're going to fix everything and you're going to know, but I, you know, and so you get to choose, but what I, I agree with Dr. Rob, all caps manipulation, and I'd put three exclamation points on it. So, but yeah, yeah, he's, he, he's, unfortunately does not seem ready for that. But like Dr. Rob said earlier, oh, I think I just froze. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a setup, right? As Tammy said, because now every time he slips, he can put off disclosure, you know? So it's a perfect 
uh, what is it? It's a perfect circular argument, which is I want to get well and I want to do this. Oops, I'm not well enough to do it. You know, it, you'll never get anywhere. So uh, here's but my I suggestion. You. I would say to, you know, I, to the therapist, I would say, you know, because I don't personally, I have never heard before that they have to be sober, recover 90 days before they do. I've just never heard that. I think people do slip and they can still do a polygraph the next day because as long as they say, and I had a slip yesterday. So I don't know about all that. I've never heard of all that. In fact, I just want to know, did you hear that from the therapist or did your spouse just say that your therapist said it? Because I don't know if you know this, but we will... Well, I don't anymore. But an addict will come to you and say, oh, well, my therapist said that's not a good idea. And of course, you're like, oh, well, I, I guess if their therapist said it, we're lying. <laughs> so it might be useful to sit and say to call your spouse's therapist and say, you know, do you mind if I sit in a session, just give my feedback? Or can I send you a text or a note or something? I don't want to intrude, but there's something I'm concerned about. Um, I, I have never heard slips being an, uh, something that impedes going forward with disclosure and even a polygraph. I, I just, I think that's more putting it off. And I'm not even sure that's true because I don't know if the therapist actually said that. So, um, and where's the last part of the question? If he can't be sober 90 days, what's the purpose to stay in doing a therapeutic, therapeutic disclosure with a polygraph? How about this? Do it whether he's sober or not. I vote for that. Tammy? Yeah, well, well, and and I have said to to people, you know, sobriety is helpful because otherwise you just keep doing these disclosures. And, you know, we hear about the people that are on their fourth or ninth disclosure. So so there is like there should be a foundation. But but my biggest issue is the manipulation of like, oh, I want you so much. What a deflection of like, you know, I mean, just so manipulative on that. Gag me with a spoon. I know, I know, you know, like sweet words, it's actions. What are your actions showing me right now? Not, you know, I mean, addicts, like you said, we lie, we you know, manipulate, we gaslight, we blame shift, we do all kinds of terrible things because we don't want the, we don't want to hold the mirror up to ourselves. I mean, that's what, you, I don't want to hold this up. I'd rather go, you're so wonderful. So, and you are wonderful, no doubt, but like still. It's, so yeah. I want to add to this, um, just looking at the other side, which is, um, was he telling you about his acting out when it was happening? Because all of a sudden Ooh. it seems really important to tell you about using porn when disclosure is coming, but was he honest all those other times? Why is he telling you now? Like, why are you doing this now? Unless it gives him an opportunity to push the whole thing off. Um, the other thing is, um, I'll be, yeah, as Tammy said, you may be beautiful, you may be wonderful, I'm sure you are, but this is bullshit, you know, this is just because didn't he want you so badly and weren't you so important that he didn't want to be with other people or act out with porn? How come all of a sudden, oh, I know, because he's not having sex, you're the only hole in town, excuse my language, but if he can't have sex with other people, then he can masturbate or idealize you, and then you're going to be used for sex. So I, I think you need to hold on to your boundaries. I would not wait forever. I would leave a message with the therapist, um, and I would say to him, I don't care if you're sober or not. I, have, I want to hear what's going on. And, you know, maybe I would even say maybe you'll do another disclosure in six months. I hope that's not true. But up until now, I want to know what's going on. You're in the driver's seat here. And by the way, spouses, you're all in the driver's seat here. If we want to be with you, we have to listen. We have to pay attention. We have to follow through. I think that we're so used to being able to manipulate you. And we listen, if we live with you together for eight years or 25, I know exactly what buttons to push to get you over here, over there, or to look in that direction. You guys, I think trusting your own gut 
is the best thing you can do. And you already know the answer to this question, which is you're being manipulated. You were beautiful six weeks ago or six years ago, and you still are. So it's not about you. Um, he's looking for an out um, or an in. And this has gone sideways in a big way. And I wouldn't believe any of it. Okay. Next I hope question. he's not here. He'll probably get mad at me. I hear that sometimes. I was on with my spouse and you said all these things. I'm like, oh, but truth is true. Yeah, you but, know? Well, well, and so that's a good point. We are only hearing one sliver of it. You do expert consultations for two people. You, with a, I mean, if you're in a relationship, it's for the two of them. You are listening to all sides of this to navigate and help them identify what the issues are for them and how to move forward. So, so we do listen, but this is just snippets. We are answering from what we read. We know that there's way more. That's why this is like, you want the right help. You know, this is, this is the cancer stuff. This is not your general practitioner. You want the right help to, to work on this stuff. So, okay, And I want to just question. say Go something ahead. about what you said, Tammy, which is, I, I want to mm -hmm. explain the consultations is that I sit um, right here online and spend two hours most often with a couple. And what I'm trying to do is take 30 years of experience and say, and ask all the right questions and listen to everything and then come up with a, a treatment plan or next steps for both of you together, for you separately. And again, for some reason, some of the addicts are better able to hear me than they are you. And when I hear your whole story and then I can say online to your spouse, uh, what's your point of view? Believe me, they move. And so I will say for those who do consultation, come to consultations, an addict who's being honest and clear and working hard will have no problems with me. But someone who is denying and avoiding and manipulating you, and um, I'm very good at challenging that. And that is, and then saying what to do about it. So that's why we do the consultations. And I actually like doing them um, because I really get to create clarity. In fact, I've worked with couples in this episode who said, we've been to so many people just trying to figure out this. Or just trying to get that answered and you did it in two hours i have a lot of experience i've seen a lot of you know bs walks and all of that so i really enjoy doing those and uh just to say reach yeah. out to tammy if if you want to yeah. set one up yeah and, and sometimes there are people that are new to this process and overwhelmed and not even knowing what to do sometimes it's couples that have been working at this for a while and they're just stuck and so you helping them go okay here's where you are right now and here's you know a path for moving forward and and giving specific resources for that so okay next question it's in the open so and i can track those now so i'm having trouble finishing the ninth step amends with my wife my wife has read some of my work in progress and says that it all sounds like i'm saying sorry and asking her to forget while i have definitely listed things for accountability passwords for emails phone and online bank accounts uh open location tracking on phone and I'm trying to avoid her triggers as much as i am able i myself am having trouble coming up with anything that will make make up for what I've done. I've listed living amends, but that sounds to her like I should be doing for myself and there's nothing there for her. I understand how amends are supposed to right the wrongs I've done, but I have no idea what I can possibly do that will right all the years of infidelity, dishonesty, entitlement, selfishness, and neglect I've put her through. I think you need to start with this one, Tammy. Well, so first of all, I'm sorry she's been reading your draft. I would highly recommend you put it in a different place and work with your qualified professional on this and your peer group and your sponsor and all, you know, all of your, you know, to that. Resources. But what you said is, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I've listed living amends. I mean, for the people closest to us, sorry isn't enough. And you're right. You can't make up for all the years. Now, Dr. Rob has shared, like somebody who uses their kid's college fund and, 
you know, we'll work an extra job and make restitution. You know, th there are some things that you can do that are, that will, you know, reset that balance, you know, balance that particular thing, but it is learning to be a different person. It is living immense because sorry, 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 sorry is what we did or we didn't do, you know, in an addiction. So, you know, and just remember that betrayed partners are months behind like when you start and if you're you start and you are tracking and you are working on becoming a trustworthy you know person of integrity they have all you know they've had discovery they are going oh my gosh has everything been a lie so so they're going to be you know 18 months behind you ish and that's just a generalization but you know so so there's always you know there's always a lag because they just got hit by a Mack truck so so part of it is just where your relationship is you're not going to be you know um there there's a roller coaster park and you know sometimes the roller coasters were like they were, they were twin roller coasters and sometimes they'd be right next to each other and sometimes they weren't. And that's what you guys are on. You guys are kind of on that, you know, but you, if you're still moving in the same direction forward, that's a good thing. I would encourage you not to fall into shame and just, I've shared this with other addicts. I'm sorry that my past behavior has been so hurtful for you. And it's going to sound trite to partners, but, but I'm sorry that my past behavior has been so hurtful for you. I am working today to be a person that doesn't do that to you again, that I can be a different person, you know, and, you know, but you, you know, you can't magically erase it. You can't make up for everything, but it's living a different way. And the more action partners see, the more likely they are to, you know, and as long as they're doing, you know, getting the support for themselves, that makes a difference too. But it's living amends. I mean, I, the people closest to me, it was all living amends. It, it wasn't, you know, it, the other people that weren't as close, they could get it. And I'm sorry for this specific thing, but you know, I had boatloads of stuff and I was in my early twenties. <laughs> I was busy. Let's um, yes, I've heard. Um, I did write you a note. Um, and Tammy, can you read? I don't think I can read what I wrote. So can you read it? And then I'll answer more about the question. Did you put it in answered? Um, okay. Yeah, I put it in answered. Out of the doghouse, there is a book. There is a course we teach. So the work group um, uh, is out of the doghouse for men who have been caught cheating. It's six weeks, live facilitated. It really does make a difference. Seriously, you need help with empathy, not just doing it right, but your tone, your approach. Oh, that's good. Not you, not your, your, your tone, your approach is as important as what you say. And like, I'm sorry, get over it. Doesn't help. So I didn't mean great, it. I, but they please are forgive me. I tried my yeah, best. Yeah. I didn't know I was an How addict. How long are you going to do this? I'm, you know, look at all these that I'm doing for you. Doesn't work. So Wait, one of the things about the ninth step is that we work. Well, I don't know. It, it's extremely important to understand why you were making this amends. And part of yes. it, and a part of where we work with sponsors is everything is you have to understand what your motivation is. If my motivation of doing this amends is for that person to forgive me or feel better about our relationship, then you got it wrong. And I think that's what's being picked up on here. The, the point of doing the nice step is to clear your soul and your soul and to let the other person know that you know the harm you've caused and that you can see it and that it's something you're gonna have to work toward healing, toward forgiveness, toward, but it isn't this, let me tell you this so that you can understand how hard it's been for me, and then you can forgive me. So what I wonder about is, and I think, and that's why I recommended Doghouse, is it feels like there's a tone underneath this, a, she's picking up on something which isn't 
which sounds like is not the purpose of amends, you know, to get this person to feel better about you. That's why we said we have to be really clear about our motivation for amends. And if my motivation for amends is to get you to feel better about me and work things out, you may never get together. You may never work it out, but you have to clear your soul and take responsibility for your behavior. If anything, the amends is about responsibility taking, um, I think. So um, you, I would guess you are saying I'm sorry, and I guess you are asking to her forget because I don't think she's, listen, doing an amends, if I were doing amends, I don't think that my whoever I was giving it to would come to that conclusion. Um, it'd be more like a, other things, but not that. So maybe you're trying too hard. And maybe you're trying too hard because you have an outcome in mind that you want to, or a result in mind that you want to come from this process. And I really think, I know Tammy would agree, but I think the ninth step is about having no expectations of the other person yes. whatsoever. They do not have to accept it. It is absolutely, right. I'm doing this because it's in my integrity. The other thing is, since she's read your draft, ask, I mean, like ask for input, say, what is it, you know, what is it you're looking for instead of you trying to guess? I mean, cause I really think, you know, peers and sponsors, but she's read it. So ask for her input, say, you know, what is it that, what do you perceive? And I'll take that to my therapist and sponsor and your know, peer group and get some input and feedback. But I do love your suggestion, Dr. Rob, about the, out of the doghouse too. Well, well, let me say one more thing is that, um, Oh, um, sometimes, well, just this is this tone again in here. I have no idea what I could possibly do that will write all the years of infidelity, dishonesty, entitlement, selfishness. There's nothing you can do to write all of that. You can only keep your side of the street clean. She may hate you the rest of your life and you may have ruined her life and she may never, ever forgive you. But that's not why you do this. And it does feel like there's this kind of little boy who's like, mommy, please forgive me. And I'll tell you when I stole the cookies out of the jar and then you won't be mad at me anymore. You know, you're not seven. And this isn't to get her to forgive you. This is so you can be at peace with yourself and your higher power. Okay. Got that okay. One. Next question. Since discovery, discovery and disclosure, my husband has had medical issues and has not been, has not fully embraced recovery. These issues are not life-threatening. He is using these issues to get me to put down my boundaries and request to attend 12-step in therapy. I feel it's a lot of denial and control as evolved. He would like me to forget all the acting out and just get on with our life. All addicts do. I'm, you know, I'm Who sorry. <laughs> I feel both the medical and the recovery are equally important. I need validation. He is not acting out now, but this has been three years. Um, any ideas? I feel he is still still trying to control me. We have been married for 45 years, and I don't want the whole my whole life to change. I think he needs to work on his medical issues in our marriage. Need some other ideas? Thank you, Tammy. You want to well, start? I, I, and we've all had spouses well, with medical issues, so. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it's one of those things where, it, you know, it's, it's not an excuse. In fact, you know, like I've shared this before, but COVID was really hard for me. You know what I leaned more into my recovery because the same things that I learned early in recovery were the same things that kept my sanity. So the medical issues, there's fear, there's uncertainty, there's all of this other stuff. The, mm -hmm. the principles that are set down in the program are, you know, are, guides to progress you know it's there it's one in of those every area of your he, life in every area yeah so mm -hmm. him i mean this is actually you know him leaning more into the support from peers mm -hmm. working on his program cleaning up the wreckage of his past you know he will find freedom you, you know 
I, 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 I think he would do best by leaning more, like adding more to his program than rather than less. Well, and everything you said in here is your reality. Um, his medical issues are not life-threatening. He's using them to get me to put down my needs. I feel like there's denial and control. He'd like me to forget it all. Um, I need validation. Um, I, it's been three years. I still feel control. Th there isn't much here that sounds very positive about how he, so my, uh, the medical seems the least of it. I mean, in this story, you know, I'm worried about you being controlled, not validated, um, manipulated, um, you know, him, and, and I would Stop. guess, I'm so, so sorry, that he is using this, you know, absolutely. Oh, well, you know, my heart, my heart, I can't really tell you, you know, um, listen, if somebody has had issues, did you ever have medical issues before? And someone chose that they had to be honest and dishonest and lie and keep secrets and because they have medical issues. So I think you're absolutely right to question all of this. And, um, but the sense at the end, I don't want my whole life to change. Um, I think your whole life has already changed because you have all this information and now you know this person is very different than you ever thought they were. And as much as you would not like life to change, and believe me, I hate change. Every attitude hates change, but it already has changed. And um, whether he works on his medical issue or not, um, you're going you're gonna to put your marriage first and you're going to put your relationship first. And um, it's not life-threatening. So he can do both at the same time. And to say he can't is, in my mind, I mean, I'm so worried about my medical issue. I, I don't want to worry about our marriage, too. Well, you didn't worry about our, you know, you weren't worried when you're out seeing sex workers and looking at a lot of porn. So um, and believe me, if he could act out, he would, whether he has medical issues or not. Trust me. So, yeah, I think you get to say what you need and have those needs met. And I would not be pointed in the other direction. Look, if he's dying. OK, you know, you got an excuse. But other than that. He has to stand up and be a man. And by the way, every single guy in this, in this that we're responding to needs to be an out of the doghouse, needs to read it. You guys do not have empathy for your spouses. You don't understand what they're going through. You need to get taught. Or as they said, if you want to come see me in treatment, I will be glad to show you how you've not been supporting your spouse and you've been destroying your relationship and blaming them for it. Um, these are the very issues that addiction is all about. And you're still being manipulated and lied to in denial. He's still in his addiction, whether he's acting out or not, because recovery is not just about stopping the behavior. It's about working on who you are and becoming a better person. And I don't hear the better person part here. Um, I just hear how miserable you're being made and how the fingers being pointed in that direction. Look over here. I'm not well. So you know, anyway, I think it's a bunch of BS. And I think you're absolutely right. Do you want to take and, one and more, I Tammy? I just want to tag on. Well, we should probably and, go. yeah, I want to tag onto this one, though, too. Uh, well, it's okay. But, uh, you know, I, I was like, I don't want my whole life to change. And I'm like, I do want your life to change. I want you to find joy and support in, you know, so if he, if he, he may choose never to, to change, you know, he's, you know, you've been married 45 years, he, he, but you setting healthy boundaries is for your physical, emotional, financial, and spiritual safety. So, he can have his medical issues. That does not automatically mean you have to be caretaker to him. You know, like if he's not willing to step up into the relationship space, you know, I mean, it sounds harsh, but at some point, what do you need to do to take care of you? And it isn't just taking care of him. So, so I hope 
I do hope that aspects of your life change and that, you know, you can move forward with joy and support and peace in certain, you know, if, if this is still chaotic, is there some place that you can call your own to get help and support? So, okay. I have so one more one that more I'd like need to, go? to answer. Okay. Um, oh, please. And I, yeah, I okay. want to answer this particular one as, as the sex addict, we have been together, I assume it's me and a partner, have been together since we were 15 and married for almost 28 years. And as a chronic liar, most of my life, okay, due to childhood trauma, I would delete that sentence. doesn't matter why you lie, you lie. Mm -hmm. And let's not put it on the trauma. So I'm just take that part out. As a chronic liar, most of my life, um, oh, so this is just so manipulative. As a chronic liar, most of my mm -hmm. life due to childhood trauma and my own fears of abandonment, I don't care about your fears of abandonment or your childhood trauma. You can still tell the truth. You know, you may not be able to tell mm -hmm. it in the moment because you feel threatened or someone's going to be angry at you, but you can write it down and hand it to them later. So I do find that there's some excuses here. And the bottom line about what this person says at the end is, how, what can I do to help my wife? Well, one thing you can do is stop pointing the finger at your trauma. Start Stop pointing the finger at your issues of abandonment. That's for a therapist. It's not for your wife. Your wife or partner does not need to hear all the excuses and problems why you are who you are or where you are. What they need to hear is what's going on and hear the truth. And maybe over time, they'll come to make peace with it. But the, the road you're going down, which is it's because of this, it's because of that. It, you know, I can already see it in there. It, you made these choices and your wife will never feel better about it until you say it doesn't matter what happened to me as an adult. I made these choices. Every client I work with has trauma. I have lots of trauma, but it doesn't mean that I can't tell the truth. It, I, my truth might be, I'm afraid to tell you the truth right now uh, because of my trauma, but I'll tell you tomorrow. But it isn't, I'm going to keep my mouth shut and hide things from you because I'm just overwhelmed when I have to talk about it. That's a bunch of crap. So the thing that you might change is the way you think about it. I think that would be a real start. Thank you for listening to this episode of Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction. If our words have led you to seek help, please reach out. You can always find us at www.seekingintegrity.com.